Hard BN. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pod BN Election Edition. Hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. We've got another episode here with Jordan Baker, who is running for Ward 6. I'd like to thank Little Beaver Brewery for giving us the location to record this. One of the things I like about Little Beaver is that there's always a lot of things going on here. You see people here with their families. You see people here from work at lunchtime. Uh, Right after we get done recording this podcast, there's going to be a trivia night going on. They're also always releasing new brews and new beer and food pairings. The staff is very knowledgeable about the food and beverage options. We'll be happy to help you out if you have any questions. Go to their Facebook page to stay up to date with what's going on and stop by 5 Finance Drive to see the brewery in person. Hey, Jordan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Thanks for stopping by to talk to me today. Absolutely. Appreciate it. So um, curious to hear about your your history in the community and your uh, your involvement in different things. Uh, what, have you, what have you done prior to running for council? So take you back to to covid um so i graduated in 2020 and uh you know had a decision to make whether i wanted to stay in bloomington or go back home which is uh atlanta georgia okay and uh obviously i feel like i made a really good decision in, in staying in bloomington and you know what i've said is basically every year from that decision i've just continually put down my roots in the community so bought my first house uh in 2021 on the west side and uh towards the end of this past year uh started to get involved and be on the board of directors for uh, the west bloomington revitalization project oh cool um did a did it you know some smaller like uh you know summer stuff um you know while i was in college did some um did a uh, volunteer work for um boys and girls club um, so, you know, the way I see it is just continually getting to do more in the community uh, and look forward to doing that, whether it be on council or just as a private citizen, just continuing that uh, forward. Yeah. So when did you move here from Atlanta? So I moved up here in 2017. Uh, so I've been up here for uh, about six years now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, follow. Parents dragged you off north, huh? Uh, no, it was, it was my decision. Oh, uh, it was? Oh, Okay. Oh, graduated uh, graduated college. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking high school. My bad. Oh no, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there there were a few schools I was looking at. Um, I played golf, so you know, one of my interests was you know a school that was a good golf program, but also good academically, um, <clears throat> and also you know in a good area. So there were there were two schools that I looked at prior to looking at Illinois Wesleyan. And it was uh, a, a college in South Georgia and one in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, but it was simply like the school and nothing else. So when I made my final trip up here to Bloomington, right away it was just night and day the difference that the, the communities that these schools were in. Um, and, and frankly, that's what put me over the top to come to Wesleyan because the other two schools, they had good golf programs. Um, but actually coming here um, made a, a huge difference and was the deciding factor in me coming here hmm. and a deciding factor in staying here uh, ever since. Yeah, yeah. It's very different than Atlanta. Did you live like closer to downtown or did you live out in the suburbs where you're having to manage that traffic all the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like someone from Naperville, you know, who says they're from Chicago, right? So, yeah, you know, I have suburbs, um, but it's obviously easier just to say Atlanta. Yeah, that yeah. big area is all kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of traffic is, there. you know, traffic here is like eight cars on uh, veterans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be, you know, 4 p.m. and a trip that would take 40 minutes takes about two and a half hours so yeah you know i, I don't miss the traffic at all <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's neat of you to say i mean i love when i uh, i was the same way i came here for college and then just had no intention of staying around central illinois but uh the community pulled me in so i can definitely relate to that a lot what, what kind of things stand out to you when you think about that experience what type of aspects of the community yeah well, I mean, right away you have to say restaurants, you know. 
mm-hmm. I think or we still have the most per capita. Um, if not, we got to be up still top five. You know, and it's not just obviously. You know, we have our, our brand names, which are great, but we also have so many you know entrepreneurs who are you know putting their sweat equity into our community, and the community in turn helps them. Uh, you know, also because they're making great food. But uh, yeah. it's great to see. You know these, you know, call them Mon Pa or you know places like Epiphany. Um, you know, have been welcomed and supported by the community, and it, that's awesome. Um, you know, obviously we're here at Little Beaver, so definitely, obviously, if you're over 21, but you know, we have a lot of good uh, breweries and locations like that, and just you know, fun outdoor activities. You know, I, I live like two blocks from uh, Constitution Trail, yeah, um, so, so you know, love doing that, mm-hmm. getting out, um, and you know, it, and it's not all Bloomington. You know, Central Illinois. You know, go up to uh, Illinois River for a day for a hike. Uh, you know, Starve Rock. So, you know, the beauty in Bloomington is not just what's here, but, you know, where we are located, you know, between everyone, too. You know, yeah. you're close to Champaign and Springfield if you want to take a, you know, smaller road trip to central Illinois or Peoria. But then you're also close enough to Indy, to Chicago, to St. Louis, and you can have a full day there and be back in town by 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and have had yourself a good day. So, yeah. there's that aspect, too. Yeah, agree with all those points. Uh, how is the how are the golf courses here? Uh, were they? Uh, I love them. Um, there's several, right? There's oh yeah, three there's, or four. There's or? a lot of them yeah. for for our you know size community. Um, you know you've got in Bloomington. Um, obviously you've got Bloomington Country Club, um, but you have Prairie Vista, uh, the Den. You've got uh, the links, which uh, is a, f- a favorite of mine. It's like a nine-hole uh, executive course out on like the southeast edge of town, mm-hmm. and it's so nice because you can play in like an hour, fifteen minutes. They got a brewery there too, so if you want to have a drink before or after, you can, or you can just play a quick nine and, and be done. Yeah, I don't know if you golf, but many listeners, I'm sure, do. You know, it's tough to plan. You got to plan almost a full day to go out especially on the weekends so yeah. to be able to play nine holes it's a fun course love that um obviously highland park um just outside of ward six um but also a favorite of mine nice parkland course um yeah i think i hit all yeah. the ones in, in bloomington then obviously you got good ones in normal too yeah so. yeah it's interesting i'm not a golfer and so i don't think of us as being a golfing community but when you yeah. lay them all out that way and there's, oh yeah there's quite a quite a um, lot of options yeah and i mean if you ever play um you know i'll play some of the local tournaments and it is i mean stiff competition we got mm-hmm. a lot of great golfers in the community um so yeah, yeah. most definitely a golfing community of, especially during this winter time i'm not sure i haven't had the chance to to play at all this year unfortunately but i'm sure many people have enjoying this nice uh unseasonably warm winter we're having yeah so yeah. well you're, you're busy right you're not gonna yeah outdoors. well <laughs> i mean if you could have ever picked a an election where you wanted to door knock and it was gonna and then you you were told well the election's mostly gonna take place in the winter time but then the average temperature each day is gonna be like 45 you know <laughs> you'd be like i'm not in illinois i'm, I'm somewhere else yeah but it, it's been fantastic um you know, obviously we have our snowy days, but most days have just been so nice. It's and really been yeah, allows you to been a good winter for it. Yeah, yeah. engage with constituents, which I think is you know vitally important in yeah. any election, but specifically these consolidated local elections. Um, being able as a voter to be able to put a name to a face when you go to vote, I think is is really important. I had one candidate from a previous election say he brought a drill with him, so when people wanted a yard sign, he could drill holes in the ground because the, yeah. the ground was too frozen yeah. for him to stake the, the yeah, signs I, in there. I, yeah, if it, if it were so cold, I'm not really sure. I'm, obviously, you know, you'd, you find a way, but yeah, yeah, those are just... It's not a great time in, in central no. Illinois for an election. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine the, for the folks in Chicago, I'm sure you know how they campaign is a bit different than down here, but, you know colder windier yeah um, yeah yeah, just a lot of more obstacles but yeah that's one of those things where you have an april election and it's just 
you know, less people are paying attention, but it's also gets less media coverage, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I don't blame people who are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week who have, you know, kids and a family that, you know, that's their priority. So, you know, if you're not hearing about it in the news, it's easy to not realize that actually had one one person who told me um i won't i won't say names but you know pretty prominent people in the community and uh the i think it was the wife who went to go vote and the husband said well what are, what are you doing today he's like oh it's election day you know <laughs> so it you know it's it's at such a weird time especially right after a gubernatorial or presidential election where yeah you're kind of tired of it right? yeah well yeah voters are, are burnt out you know they're tired. They're they're sick of politicians and people trying to be politicians. You know, they all want a break. And then here you have you know overlap really. You know, so it just creates confusion. You know, I, I'm not sure what the what the best solution is. But um, here's why having nice weather is nice is to be able to cut through the you know relative media under coverage and be able to engage directly with the voters. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about that in, in just a second. Um, I am curious about uh, your involvement with WBRP, how you got hooked up with them. Um, I have a huge amount of respect for that yeah. organization. I interviewed um, Deb Helper one time a couple of years ago on it, too. Okay. Um, a lot of great stuff going on there. Uh, but how did you hear about it and then want to get involved? Yeah, I, I had heard things about it uh, at my time at Wesleyan, but had never been formally or you know informally a volunteer or anything. Um, but I got uh, engaged through uh, D. Urban, who's the current Ward Six okay. uh, Alderwoman, and uh, you know just thought it would be a good um, place to be, a good you know thing to volunteer for. And you know I live on the west side. You know I want to see it. You know become better than it is right now mm-hmm. and that's simply to say that you know everywhere has room for growth so to be a part of that uh you know positive change i think is is great and look forward to you know many years with that program yeah if someone weren't familiar with it how would you describe it to them real quick what's your yeah. elevator pitch for it <laughs> you know I, i'd say at the end of the day it's just about making the west side you know uh, a better place to live in terms of affordability, in terms of its aesthetics, in terms of what it offers, activities and everything, making sure, you know, people have activities uh, and just, you know, looking out for everyone. I think that's the core of what we do. You know, I'm I'm still learning as a newbie, you know, all the ins and outs and all the programs that we have. But Mm -hmm. at the end, it's designed to help people, you know, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit editorializing real quick, but the, the thing I respect so much about it is how responsive it is to the community. Right. Because I've seen it over the years make these small bets of things. Um, you know, okay, maybe people need some tools. We've got some extra tools. Let's loan them out. <clears throat> yeah. That ends up being popular. You got the tool library. Yeah. There was a um, something I was involved in for a little while investigating whether we could do micro-loaning to people. Mm-hmm. Um didn't really take off wasn't a big need for it weren't a lot of applications okay scrap yeah. that move on to the next thing what about bike repair oh that is popular let's take yeah. that off like where you think about yeah. that as opposed to maybe some if you want to have some like big federal or state program to like solve biking issues in the community right they're mm-hmm. not going to be on there on the ground level seeing the reactions getting in touch with people seeing what they're really in need for well i think that in, in my personal viewpoint, I think that stresses, you know, the idea of, of trying ideas out small at first mm-hmm. to, to, to determine their viability and, you know, what better, you know, organization to try that out with, you know, whatever ideas they may be. And you, like you said, it's just, uh, you know, supply and demand marketing. You know, you have a great idea. You pair up with an organization like WBRP, excuse me, that, you know, has, you know, existing contacts in the community. Yeah, let's try it out. See what happens. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it works, and there's a different organization that would, you know, make more sense to continue it on. Maybe you know the idea didn't work. Maybe you need a different organization. Who knows? But I, you know, I like the idea of, of having an organization that's open and willing to try out new things, which I think WBRP has always been very good at in the past. And you know, I, I hope to be part of that continuing forward. Yeah, for sure. All right, so then uh, 
somehow you got the idea to run for council. Uh, what inspired you to do yeah. that? So, yeah, uh, back in 2020, uh, I ran for county board um, around the same area. And, you know, obviously it didn't work out. But there's a question that I ask every every voter that I door knock, and it's the same this election, it was the same in the county board election, was what are the issues, or in this case, you know, what are the local issues that are important to you? And by far and away, the issues that I heard from when I was door knocking for the county board were municipal issues. So, you know, while the county can fix the roads in the rural area, when you're door knocking people on North Lee Street, you know, they want North Lee to be fixed. Um, So there's that, you know, sort of disconnect in the city deals with those roads, the county deals with those roads. Mm -hmm. Public safety, you know, we have the sheriff's, you know, department. um, But the bulk of when people talk about public safety in an urban area, it's, you know, Bloomington Police Department. So, you know, you you hear about these things, you, you gather all that up. And after the election, I started attending the city council meetings and uh, I said, wow, you know, they're actually talking and voting on these issues that I'm hearing from, you know, constituents about when I was when I was talking to them. So I started, you know, going to those meetings more frequently, got to know more of the the council members. Um, I had had known Dee from my my race for county board because she. uh, invited me and got to know a few other people with the um, you know Miller Park neighbor group. Okay. They they host candidate forums and such, and also just regular neighborhood meetings. And so I got to know her re- really first, you know, like uh, really well. Um, and you know, time went on, and uh, you know, she decided that she wasn't going to run for re-election, and um, you know then began the process by, by multiple people to want to get me to run. And, you know, I thought about it for a while. And like I said, the issues that come before the city council to me are issues that a lot of people are talking about. So Mm -hmm. to be able to make important votes on issues that people care about, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, I said, yeah, you know, let's do it. Looked over the numbers and um, I was in. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those issues. You mentioned roads and public safety. Um, yeah. What are those still continue to be the main things that you're hearing as you're going around? Yeah. I mean, on my card that I hand out to people, it's public safety, investing in infrastructure and safe neighborhoods. So obviously public safety, you know, people want to feel safe in their home. They want to feel safe when they're going out. Uh, Investing in infrastructure, I mean, that's, you know, to be fair, a very broad statement. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it is very telling how wide infrastructure is, especially at a municipal level, because we're dealing with roads, we're dealing with sidewalks, we're dealing with uh, sewers, which is a a big issue uh, on the west side. Um, I was, we saw it on the east side as well with the uh, Locust Colton project that's ongoing. Yep. But, you know, I, I've talked to multiple people who, especially after that big uh, rain event happened in 21, mm-hmm. um, people said that was the first time my houses had any damage. And it wasn't necessarily the flood. It was the sewers the that sewers. backed up. Yeah. And that was especially uh, present on the west side. So sewers are a big deal, you know something as simple as water you know i'm having a glass of water right now that water's coming from the city Mm -hmm. um you know when you flush your toilet you know it doesn't go to a mystery place it goes to get treated by the city yeah um so a lot of these things that you know i think to a certain extent we take for granted because the city does a very good job and is is very efficient with taxpayer dollars to keep those you know well maintained But we also need to make sure that we are continuing that uh, and not allowing ourselves to, you know, take our eye off on some of those core municipal issues because no one wants to turn on their water and and have brown water and have a, you know, boil order. Uh, People want their toilet to flush when they do and they don't expect it to back up even, you know, when we have heavy rains. So, you know, making sure we make those proper investments, uh, especially early on, because I think what people are starting to see is when we don't make investments early, 
that's when it becomes more costly. Yeah. And we only get more frustrated. So making sure that we keep our, our eye on the ball on that. And then safe neighborhoods, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily, obviously, everyone's safe neighborhoods. Um, I, I put that in my card because I heard from a lot of people uh, living in, you know, neighborhood areas. It may not be, you know, your suburban, you know, fences and, you know, neighborhood HOA, but, you know, they're collective six, seven block square, you know, neighborhood. And a lot of them talk about speeding. And, you know, that's something that I've heard of west side, east side, downtown, wherever it may be, wherever you live. That's an issue that a lot of people see, especially if you live on a, a busier, you know, side road, mm-hmm. um, especially if it goes downhill. <laughs> um, a big issue. So, you know, when I say safe neighborhoods, it's not just about, you know, violent crime. It's also about making sure when you take out when you take your dog out for a walk or you take your kids out for a walk or they're they're playing outside that, you know, you won't have cars barreling down 45 or 50, you know, on the roads. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, how do we deal with that, you know, becomes the next issue. And I think uh, not just myself, but a few candidates in this local race have, have talked about maybe putting up more of those uh, traffic easings, you know, whatever you want to call it, speed mm-hmm. bumps. Obviously, you have to be smart where you put it. It's not like you can put it on, you know, Washington Street. But, you know, if we can put them in places where you know, residents are regularly complaining about speeders and it's a safety issue. So, you know, our, I think our main goal as a city is to protect our community, protect our residents. So, you know, if they're saying to us every week, Hey, you know, we got cars speeding 50 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour on the street. I don't feel safe to take my dog out at night. Well, we got to do something about it. Yeah. And I've been hearing that constantly. So, you know, that's something that I'd certainly like to do because people are calling for that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I've heard it framed before as uh, the streets should be about connecting people to things they value um, where oftentimes there are things that can separate them from things they value. If the road's too big, if people are driving too fast on it, they can't they can't use their neighborhood safely. They can't go just easily across the street and talk to their neighbor. It should build community. It shouldn't disrupt community. I, I, yeah. If that's a fair summary of what you said. I think that's. I think people would agree with that statement. Yeah. 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 So the infrastructure. Um, I think any candidate uh, running for office has uh, got to have that on there, right? Yeah. It's always a big need. Um, yeah. What's your uh, do you have a view of, uh, as you've been learning about things in the city, about how we got to where we are and how we can do things differently to, to rectify the situation? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, stories in the past, but to be frank, we can't change the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we look to the past to learn to make better decisions in the future. And I think what this council has done, and, and I certainly applaud them for it, is recognizing the need to invest more in infrastructure, specifically roads, but, you know, in in other forms of infrastructure as well. When we underinvest in it, like I said, you reap the benefits of what you sow. So if you underinvest now, you get worse roads later that cost more money to fix, to repair than if we just did the work now. So, you know, I, I applaud our, our current council for putting more money. You know, a lot of it was also ARP money. So that's, you know, obviously a one-time thing. But, you know, again, we're seeing what we sow. And I think a lot of folks like that, that, you know, the city is putting more investment into infrastructure. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, you can't not put it on your card because that's what everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, are the roads ever going to be perfect? No. Especially not here with the weather we have. Yeah, in the Midwest. But just because there are challenges doesn't mean that we just give up. Um, you know, we still have to make those investments uh, and be smart about how we do it. And if, if we do that, then we get better roads, we get better infrastructure, and hopefully everyone is a little happier and don't have to drive like an F1 car driver uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so the last one you had then is public safety. You're talking. Yeah. And um, actually, I, I want to just yeah, real sure. quick with the you know infrastructure. I, I know my opponent and I actually were part of uh, Bloomington 101 together. Public Works does a hell of a job 
uh, you know, with everything, but specifically with roads. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just seeing some of them out today, you know, fixing, you know, filling in some, some holes that were created with the, you know, latest snowstorm. You know, if you see one of them, just thank them because they're working. I mean, they're not working 40 hours a week. They're working 50, 60 hours a week, especially when there's ad- adverse weather. They're working way more than that. They're working double, triple shifts. They do really hard work, and mm-hmm. they do great work. So I want to make sure that even if our roads are not great, that we realize that the, the folks who are maintaining them and doing that kind of work, they're doing all they can, uh, yeah. and they should be applauded for that. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, people who I've listened to things I've said on here know that I can be fairly critical of how certain things go in the city, but I always try to make the distinction that we're talking about more about the systems and the people. I've met very few people working for the city who aren't trying to work their hardest. And I've met very few elected officials who aren't trying to do an honest job to serve their community too. So you can disagree and look for ways to make things better, but, uh, I think it's an important point you put out there to not make the people themselves feel like you're criticizing them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I've had times with, I mean, there's little things public works does that really stands out to me. One time I just forgot to put my garbage can out and it was just, I was cleaning out my basement. It was so full. There's no way I could go another week. Called them, apologized. They had a guy come out with the truck, pick it up. Yep. I mean, they didn't have to do that. It was my mistake, but you know, they're, they're here to serve us and they'll, they'll do yeah. stuff like that. So. That's some good old Midwest hospitality right there too. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, they, they do great work. <laughs> yep. So your last one was public safety then. I'm sure you're thinking yeah. about police and fire with that. Um, what kind of topics yeah. uh, led you to have that be one of your main issues? I mean, it's always the number one issue on, on people's minds that I talk to. Um, there's actually a fourth that maybe we can discuss a li- in a little bit. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I talked to many people, obviously won't, won't say names, but, you know, I had one person who has door knocking who, you know, he has two kids and when you hear gunshots outside of your house with two kids and you have to duck down that's not Bloomington Mm -hmm. Um, and and that stuff should not be happening no matter where you live west side, east side east of veterans, wherever you may be that that, that is not who we are, it's not what we want to be so you know, you get those kind of anecdotal stories and it really pushes you to want to make those investments and support public safety, support those who put their lives online every day um, for us. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly support, you know, police, first responders, firefighters. That, that is an unenviable job for, for many reasons, but just their job duties alone you never know what you're going to face day to day. You know, maybe you have an, an easy day. Maybe you have a really difficult day, but they put on that uniform day in and day out and they serve the community. They, they, they deserve our support. Um, yeah, so is full, there anything, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there anything that you'd like to see be done um, differently or better in that regard? You know, I, I had a, a really nice conversation uh, with some firefighters recently, and obviously, you know, talked to uh, you know, the police community a few times. At the end of the day, it's just making sure that they're equipped and that they are um, fully staffed um, to make sure that they can do their job effectively. Um, you know, every place is, is facing a shortage of, of employees. That's no different in municipal government. And, uh, you know, anyone who's ever had to pick up shifts for folks um, or, you know, picked up an extra shift because the, your, your store, wherever you work, is short-staffed, it weighs on you. Um, and when you have as difficult a job as police, fire, EMS, anyone in public safety, having being full-staffed and reducing the need for overtime and, and extra shifts will will help everyone. Mm-hmm. So that you know that's certainly something that you know I want to do on council is how do we get you know these guys and gals fully staffed so that way that they can do their job effectively making sure that you know when equipment needs to be replaced or repaired that we're able to do that for them as quickly as possible. 
um, and just always have an ear. You know, I, I think one word that will probably come up a lot is just collaboration. And, you know, we have many different departments in the city. We have a lot of constituencies, a lot of groups, is always keeping your ear out and be willing to listen to everyone. And, you know, obviously you have priorities to deal with, but if you're always listening, you're going to find out, hey, we need this, or hey, we need that, or maybe it's not even something the council needs to do. It's simply, we need to bring attention to this. Um, and if you have an ear to the community, um, which, you know, I feel like I have been with my campaign being very direct, and I, you know, will continue that if, if I'm elected, is making sure we always have, you know, the groups that are affected by a decision or have, you know, skin in the game, make sure that they are involved from day one uh, to see what they need. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for explaining that more. Appreciate it. You said there was a fourth issue? Yeah. The fourth issue is sort of like a Seinfeld. It's it's nothing, okay. but it's <laughs> excuse me. So you know, I ask you know, you know, what are the local issues that are important to you? And many folks say, yeah, I, you know, I really don't have one. And that to me shows the the very great position that Bloomington and, and the Bloomington Normal community as a whole is in. Is overall, um, we're in a great spot. We have challenges, you know, we have things to do, but overall we're in a great spot. Um, city manager Gleason, you know, has made a football reference a lot of times, football field. You know, I, I feel like we're on the opposing teams like 30 or 20. You know, I'm very bullish on Bloomington. I think we're in a very good spot as it is. Still room for improvement, more room to, to move the ball and, and, you know, get into the end zone. But, you know, for, for all the challenges that we have, we are a great community right now. It can be even greater, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot, of, a lot of communities, frankly, want to be Bloomington. Um, and to, to be where we are right now and to know that we can still grow, not just in population, but just community, I think is, is great. Yeah. Yeah, in the time I've been here, I, I definitely agree. It's been surprising to me. I moved here in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Where'd it, you grow up, if you don't mind me asking? I was a military kid, so I grew up in Europe mostly. Uh, nice. So I, yeah, I came to the States, uh, lived in Indiana and Terre Haute for one year, okay. and then moved here. Um, and so, yeah, I've got a very... Broad yeah, background sure. and people yeah. again. People are like, "Wait, Central Illinois? Why are you here?" Yeah, uh, actually, I just talked to a military family uh, yesterday. You know, who moved around. They've they've been in Bloomington for about ten years. Okay, and I think those yeah. those are the stories that are really fun because you know what you know in the most meta sense, what brings someone to Bloomington? Mm-hmm. Because we're not Chicago, we're not New York, we're not a something that a place that everyone knows. Um, and yet people come here, maybe they don't even, like like us, we don't necessarily know we're going to be here forever. But then you get here and you're like, I love this place. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's what it, what's so nice is it's, it's its own unique character. We don't have to act like a Chicago to be Bloomington. Mm-hmm. We're just Bloomington. And I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, and it, it grows on me every day. Like I think it does for a lot of folks. Um, and, you know especially if you're a new person here listening, um, it's only going to grow on you. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the inspirations I had for this podcast is the more people I met in the community just doing cool things. Yeah. There's just a lot of people doing big things around here. So I, we ended up like half politics, half uh, community involvement. Yeah. And um, so many people doing neat stuff. Yeah. I, I wish my, uh, I couldn't talk my parents into coming on here, but I wish yeah. I could. I'm an only <laughs> child. And so they, okay. they spent 35 years overseas. Yeah. My dad's lived in Bermuda, Japan, oh, yeah. uh, Germany, the Netherlands, we could, we Belgium. We do a whole other podcast on traveling because <laughs> you got, you got, you got a person who loves traveling here. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to hold, <laughs> yeah. hold ourselves back on that. Yeah. But I, yeah, they moved here 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago when, mm-hmm. um, when one of my sons was born uh, and they kind of did it a little bit begrudgingly, you know, like, yeah. oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but they just love it too. They love the, all the music that we have around here. They like to go to um, see local bands around 
and uh, they like to eat out a lot, and they like that it's easy to drive. They feel uh, they're safe where they are. Yep. And um, also, just to your point, it's uh, you can get other places you need to go yep. fairly easily. You're centrally exactly. located, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot to celebrate about being here. Absolutely. And as, as one of the other candidates said to me um, in a non-recorded conversation, said, my goal would be to run in council so that people didn't even know we were there because things were being taken care of so well. They didn't care about what we were doing. Just They, they were going about their lives, not worrying about keeping an eye on us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that speaks to you know a lot of the folks who do say, you know, I don't really have any local issues that matter. It's because the city is doing a good job. And what I tell them is, hey, I, I agree. But we also need to make sure that we, you know, continue making those investments in, in key places so that way, yeah. you know, you don't think about water when you turn your faucet on. But heaven forbid we don't make those investments. Now all of a sudden yeah. you are thinking about Now we're it. like up in, by Detroit, right, where people got lead in their water. and Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Flint, yeah, and, you know, yeah. East Palestine, Ohio, and, you know, all those places. So mm-hmm. the, the fact that you don't have to think about it is a reflection of the investments that council has made over the years. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I agree with that. Let, let's keep it that way. Let's make those investments so that way you can live your life and not even know I exist. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So you said you've been going to council meetings. Uh, a couple questions on that. Yeah. Uh, first one, are there any council members that you um, look up to or admire in certain ways or like someone who you think like, yeah, if I was on council, I want to be like like they are in some regard? Give people a sense of what, what type of uh, a yeah. council member you would be. So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I've gotten to know most of them. Obviously, the trouble is that, you know, no matter what happens with this election, we're going to see a lot of turnover and a lot mm-hmm. of new faces. Um, I, I'm not going to sp- name any anyone because I have great respect for, for all of them, and I have personal friendships with a lot of them. Sure. Um, in terms of who I want to be, I, I want to be a really just thoughtful person who looks at the issues, looks at the facts, and tries to figure out what is the best decision. I, I've said this many times. This is a nonpartisan election, which means you can make it as nonpartisan or as partisan as you want it to be, not just as a candidate, but on council. I think we've seen c- candidates become elected officials not just in Bloomington, but in this area, who, not just that I have ideological differences with, but just differences with, you know, how they carry themselves and how they interact with council and the public. And I think a lot of folks saw that and said, we, we really are yearning, and especially at the federal and state level, we really just want someone who's civically minded, engaged, willing to listen to us and make the best decision possible. If, if the best decision is a liberal idea, I will support it. If the best idea is a conservative one, I'll support it. If, it, if, it, if the best decision is made, it helps the whole city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's you know what I want to be about. You know the things that I listed. I, I really do not think that they're ideological, really, in nature. It's just community input of what's important to them and me following through with that, which I think is what a representative should be mm-hmm. and what people are yearning for. I mean, we've gone through some, you know, this, this past decade or two just, you know, in a meta sense has been marked by, you know, increased ideology, a lot more tension politically, and it's started to seep locally. And I think a lot of folks here don't like it. And I'd be willing to bet a, a very solid majority of people just want a council that gets along, makes the best decisions possible. And like that one person said, just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't want to know you exist. The, the more we know about you, it's probably not a good thing. Um, the more council is in the news, you know, we can be in the news for good things. But, you know, I, I agree with that person on the whole. You shouldn't even know we exist because we're doing a good job. And, you know, yeah. 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 Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it seems like 
I mean, I'm drawing a blank here. There, there's some kind of uh, bias that people have whereby if they're asked a hard question, they just replace it with an easy question, you know, mm-hmm. so... Like, yeah, that's, uh, that's called being a politician, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, uh, um, you know, who is the better candidate? You're like, well, who did you vote for at president? Yeah. Like, well... Okay, that I mean, if that's all you're gonna do is just say like, are you a D or an R, and I'm gonna vote by, with with the tribe that I identify with, uh-huh. you're not gonna get the best results that way, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, really, local politics increasingly is the only thing that's interesting to me because of that. I'm not yeah. interested in like culture wars and identifying with tribes and yeah. making you know virtue signaling. I just want to like just want to get some get stuff things, done, right? That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I. I, I don't ascribe to let me put it this way I think for far too long we've had politicians over promise and under deliver mm-hmm. which kind of just feeds into a continuous loop of, of more anger and divisiveness um, it's easy to promise the world and you know call your opponents whatever names you want it doesn't really do you any good in the long run only really hurts everyone um you know if you could only see a a democrat or republican as the enemy um you know i i think you need to step away from politics a little bit um that's just not who i am yeah um you know i i will always have disagreements with one side or the other um if we can be respectful of each other that to me is the most important principle probably in my life just especially interacting with people is to have respect um my respect is based on how you respect me too Mm -hmm. so um you know don't want to walk all over me but you know i i have many good friends in both political parties i've got friends who are way outside of either political party and I get along with them all. We have great political conversations that we always find room for disagreement, room for agreement, and we respect each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we differ here, but just having conversations like this is, is so important. Um, and that's why I love door knocking so much, honestly. Sure. Um, is you get to engage and have great conversations. And, and to be frank, I love the idea that this race is nonpartisan because... If you are engaged in the process, you're way more concerned about the issues than, like you said, what tribe you, you know, are with. And I've had people ask me that question before. Would imagine maybe you'd be asking me the same question too at some point. And I answer the question truthfully, and the answer has always been, okay, let's get back to talking about infrastructure yeah. or public safety. <laughs> Potholes are not partisan. Yeah, I, I, that's what I said. <laughs> Ro- roads are not Republican. You know, uh, water is not Democrat. It's just roads and water. Yeah. And are we investing in them? Is the water clean and potable? Are the roads drivable? Yes, yes, yes. Or no, no, no. And we need to fix it. Um, I've been not surprised, but I'm, I'm happy that when I door knock folks that partisanship hasn't come up that much that's good um and you know like i said i think it's a reflection of people not really wanting the partisanship that we see you know mainly at the federal level they're just tired of it and and frankly so am i um you know i i have my leanings but i'm tired of the grandstanding on both sides at the far edges like you said i just want to get things done yeah um you're not always going to get what you want but that's what it is so i'm curious if you've seen a big difference in campaigning for county board that is partisan versus uh municipal race where it's nonpartisan. if people engage you differently a little bit um for sure you know that's that's what comes with having a letter next to your name versus not but um I think having that letter next to your name, no matter what you're running for, leads to questions that inevitably have nothing to do with your race. You know, even running for county board and city council, there there are state and federal issues that we will never touch. Yeah. Not because we may or may not want to. It's not in our purview by law. That goes to other levels. 
Um, so I think sometimes you get into those conversations when you when it's a partisan race just by nature. So another reason why at the local level, at this municipal uh, race, being nonpartisan, I think steers everyone in a more conversational way towards the issues rather than ideology mm-hmm. because, you know, I've, I've had great conversations with folks who we would probably disagree on 80% of state and federal real ideological issues. You know, even if you look at all the bills passed in Springfield, I'd, I'd wager 70% of them are either unanimous or darn near unanimous. So, you know, part of it, that is all overblown too. Yeah, uh, and, and and at the federal level, I'm sure there are plenty of bills passed that you know go through, and you don't hear about them because there's no no controversy. controversy you know, yeah. that's and that's the thing is, you know, with politics, you really only hear about if it's controversial. Yes, which is a shame, um, because I I do want people to know the good work that council does when we make smart decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, knowledge is knowledge is really important, and making sure people are aware of what council is doing can also make sure that people who are maybe upset about an issue or lack of response to an issue, maybe we're actually addressing that issue and they don't know about it because council hasn't been good at demonstrating to, to the citizens, hey, like, yeah, we're actually doing this mm-hmm. um, because it's not a controversial thing. Maybe it passes 9-0, you know, and then it takes three minutes to talk about it on council. Um, that's the beauty, you know, if I'm elected, you know, I want, I'll, I'm going to keep door knocking people. Um, you know, so I, I hope they like my face enough because they'll be seeing it. Um, just It'll be nicer be, weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summertime being shorts, you know. <laughs> oh, can't wait for it. Um, so we're there. Yeah. I'm curious also when you're watching council lately over the past however many months or years, um, has there been any issues that come to mind when you're like, oh, man, like really wish I was on council right now. I could really <laughs> sink my teeth into this one. This is a great topic. Uh, I mean... Yes and no in the sense of yes to everything. You know, I, I really am looking forward to be on council if elected. Um, to, to specific issues? Nothing comes to mind. It's a cop-out answer, but all of them. Okay. <laughs> really, like, yeah. you know, every time you go there, it's like, I wish I was up there, you okay. know, you know. So j- yeah. just to be part of that, be part of that collaboration. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you mentioned collaboration. Uh, I think that's a huge part of getting stuff done, as you and I have both said, is uh, realizing yeah. you got to work with people and um, yeah, you got to you got to get votes. So, have you had any thoughts about how you plan to do that to form relationships with the other council members and try to help move things along? Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the thing of you know, it takes five. You know, you want nine, nine council members, but it takes five. Um, I, like I said, I've, I've gotten to know many of them over the past few years, going to meetings and just getting to know them on a personal level. Uh, I've gotten to know, um, you know, some of the candidates who are unopposed, who will, you know, hoping that they vote for themselves will be on council. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, I've started to make those relationships too. You know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, um, it, it, Everyone on council wants a great community and wants to better it. And so if you start from that perspective, I think most issues you can work with anyone. You know, we might have some ideological differences. Maybe we have some different ideas on how to go about solving problems. But I think all of us are together in the end result where whatever decision we make, whatever vote we take, betters our community. Um, you know, I, I really have respect for everyone on that council. Obviously, I have some relationships that are, are you know, stronger and have, you know, been there for longer than others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, you know, nature of being a human being. Um, but, you know, if I'm elected, I look forward to working with people on the council currently. And I look forward to working with the people who will be on council as a result of this election, no, no matter who it is. You know, I, I don't intend to not work with anyone out of any personal spite there is none um but that's just not who i am you know if if you're willing to to work to get things done then i'll be there with you so sure 
Sure. It's as simple as that. And not just with council, but just like what we talked about before, the whole community, um, you know, when there are issues impacting the west side, making sure that WBRP has a seat at the table because there are so many issues that all of us as candidates and even people on council, we are not experts in it. We need to bring people at, to the table who have experience, who are experts, to make better, more informed decisions. You know, I, I've lived on the west side for three-ish years now, but there are people who have lived there for 50 years. Well, it, it's nice to talk when I go to Doorknock. It's nice to talk with them because you get a history lesson. History is important. You know, we've already talked about that. You can't change it, but you can learn from it, make better mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bringing people together, you know, if we're talking about uh, housing, making sure um, uh, realtors is at the table. When we're talking about business, making sure the chamber is at the table. Um, whatever decisions it may be, anyone who is interested, who has ideas, who has, a, you know, skin in the game, we need to be engaging with always, not just once, make ourselves feel good and then do nothing. It's continuous engagement, setting goals, reaching them, bettering our community. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, one of the things you might have to do in the next four years would be hire a city manager. A city manager is the only employee who directly reports to city council, so um, I don't know that Mr. Gleason has any plans one way or another, but uh, if that did come up, what would be some of the things you'd be looking for from a city manager, either in background or disposition, leadership style? Um, you know, obviously experience, um, good experience. You know, anyone can have a 15-year resume, but, you know, do you have a good track record if you do have experience? Um, collaboration, what we've talked about, you know, are you willing to listen are you willing to engage with the community? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say you know mainly that. Um, yeah, makes sense. I, to me, I, you know, I, I don't know what Tim does, you know, specifically on a, on a day-to-day basis, you know. But I would imagine at the end of the day, you want someone who is also good at, at delegating, is good with working with management, but also has a good relationship and can establish a good relationship with staff as well. Because even if, you know, even though city manager reports to city council, um, to me, the city manager is also a reflection of staff and management. So making sure that that side has a good relationship with the city manager as well Mm -hmm. uh, is very important. We're in a very competitive economic landscape. You know, we've talked about this already, you know, how, uh, you know, understaffed everyone is. Well, if you have a very adversarial relationship for whatever reason between your city manager and staff, you know, that can lead to turnover. It can lead to it being harder to find people to replace. Um, So making sure that that is a good relationship as well, um, I would say, is, is really important as well. Okay. Yeah. One last question for you. I don't think I've ever asked anyone about golf courses before, oh, okay. but since you're that's such a strong <laughs> part of your background, yeah. um, the golf courses that the city owns, is there anything you'd like to see done differently there? You know, when I was growing up, I would make these like little course designs. You know, I, I, I'm no architect at all. So, I mean, if you told me to draw a stick figure, you'd probably, you know, not be impressed whatsoever. <laughs> So these were very, very rudimentary designs. Um, so, yeah, have I ever thought about, you know, redesigning a, a particular hole on a golf course? Absolutely. Um, any, any hole that has out-of-bounds on it, I can't stand. Okay. So, you know, I, who do I talk to, to to take out the white stakes and maybe replace it with, like, red or yellow? Who knows? But um, I, 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 my favorite courses, just in general, are the ones as a result, less out of bounds, but doesn't have the homes on them. You know, I, I love Ironwood, but you play a course like Prairie Vista where it's ba- basically just the course and that's it. There, there's something about that I personally enjoy a lot. Um, obviously, part of that is less out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, working on a two-way miss right now, which is the worst thing to have because you, you can't miss it one direction, so you can't plan for it. So when you step up on the tee you don't know where the ball is going to go. That's like the worst it can get. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I explained that enough. 
to be <laughs> to make you. it make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you want it to be, you know, to have some certainty, you know. Mm-hmm. So not having it uh, definitely does not help the game. Um, but, I mean, the courses are maintained so well, you know, especially in the fall time when it's the best time of year to play. Highland has got those greens perfect. I mean, really perfect. And all those courses just play so well throughout the year. They do a great job of maintaining them. You know, I'd, I'd love to shoot lower scores, but uh, that's not a course issue. That's yeah. a me issue. Maybe so. they could. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd be an abuse of power if you uh, if you tried. Well, I, I <laughs> could go out. like full Kim Jong Un and, and say I shot like an 18 on a par 72 course. I don't know how many people <laughs> will take it seriously, but you know, I, I could try that. Yeah. You know. I was on a budget task force. Oh gosh, was that like 10 years ago? Eight years ago? It was a long time. Um, yeah. And one of the people on that task force was a big golfer and one of the things he kept saying was that we should be advertising more we should be letting people know what great courses that we have so yeah something to think about i'm sorry to cut in but covid you know for all the negative things that it it was and, and still is it brought so many new golfers to the game Mm, which is great yeah with social distance Um, yeah Mm -hmm. you know to be able to get outdoors i think everyone really you know especially that march april may 2020 everyone was like clamoring for the outdoors and we really got to kind of reconnect with you know all the nice things that go along with it outdoor dining yeah you know going out for activities and golf so you know what i love especially about ireland grove is it's a great beginner golf course because it's par threes mostly Mm -hmm. um so you know you don't have to be intimidated by you know a big golf course at first it's it's super casual uh affordable too and all the golf courses here are affordable um you work your way up you you know hit the ball a little further you know all those courses are, are great courses to play um so if you are a golfer you know, get on out there. Maybe I'll join you after April 4th. Yeah, sounds so, good. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of time for golfing right now. No, yeah. I, we had such a nice weekend, and I was like, oh, I want to go out and play so bad, but <laughs> I have to campaign. Yeah, um, so less yeah. than a month now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hey, think counting it, down the days. I think at least, I guess it's been several years, but um, when we looked at it, two of the few areas of the city that were actually profitable were the Pepsi Ice Center and the golf courses. Now, I always have to caveat that, that the goal of most organizations in the city is not to be profitable. That's not the point of a city. But we did find that interesting when we looked at it, that they do bring in quite a bit of revenue. And um, at least well, at sure that the time... taxpayers like that, too, when, you know, city services can bring in a profit yeah, and yeah. lower their burden, too. So, yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if people want to find out more information about your campaign or maybe donate or learn how they can help out, where would they go to yeah. do that? Uh, thanks for the uh, <laughs> shameless plug here. Um, <laughs> website is bakerforbloomington.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, Jordan Baker for Ward 6. Um, any t- if you've seen me at your door, uh, you have a business card of mine that has my uh, phone number on it won't give it out on here but uh if you get the business card you can uh, feel free to give me a call or text anytime um donations you can go through uh, the website as well um you know for anyone living in in ward six you know i'd simply hopefully I, i've knocked on your door at, at, at this point uh, and hopefully we've had a chance to to talk uh, about the race uh just you know also to introduce myself and, um, you know, with all that information and, and today, um, more than anything else, make sure you vote. Um, yeah. You know, the last time this, this race was up, I think it was like 370 to 340 with like 9% turnout. Let's get it to double digits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, go out and, and vote. It's your civic duty. And also, you know, if you see issues that need improvement, um, and, and you want to be a part of that, the, the first and most important thing you, you can and should do is to vote. Um, and hopefully you'll, you'll vote for me. Um, but, you know, I, I will say we have two good candidates in Ward 6 and Ward 4, which are the only contested races. And I think uh, the city is lucky to have um, people willing to put their necks out there and run for election. It's, there are days where it is not a fun thing, I'll be brutally honest, 
anyone who's been a candidate knows it. But, oh, yeah. Um, the beauty and getting to know your neighbors a bit more um, outweighs that. As soon as I talk to one person, it, it energizes me for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, so April 4th or before, uh, I sincerely ask uh, for your vote. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's always something I want to do with everyone is just to thank you for uh, sacrificing your time and your energy in this way. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, technically, you get paid, but not really. Uh, council good golf a, money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, council is a tough job, and you subject yourself and the people around you to a lot of scrutiny and to yep. a lot of uh, potential unpleasantness just because um, you're motivated to help your community. So thank you for being willing to do that. Thank you for having me. And thanks for stopping by today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I had one candidate tell me that he brought a drill with him. Bless you. Okay. That's one of those things I edit out. <laughs> Just make like a mental note of like the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just put that down there. 940. I was trying to fight it, but it didn't work. <laughs> it, it never works. Uh, probably had a few people, you know, who probably brushed me off running for county board. Um, no one yet um, for this race, you know. Good. Not sure if you want to edit that out, but uh, yeah, <laughs> let's make it. Not sure if that, that was a. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> okay. do, you, do you have you have room at the end where like you have like these cuts where you're just? Like <laughs> I do that sometimes. I might I might throw that in there. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah.